one nine hundred flowers for like hot and heavy conversations with dandelions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Riff. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for Video Games Hot Dog, episode number 132. Episode number 132 of a podcast about video games. How have you guys been? Been all right. It's been a week. Yeah. Since our last confession. See, we confess all of our video game sins here on Video Games Hot Dog. Oh, there are always more video game sins. Are there, are there venial video game sins and mortal video game sins? They're pretty well, genial. I don't know. Yesterday, uh... Yes? I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry. You forgot Did what you, you were going to say yesterday? Bad? Well, I was trying to think of the name of... Oh, Gabriel Knight. What okay. I was going to say, uh. I was going to make the joke, yesterday, I jacked off to Gabriel Knight. Okay. Uh, but I couldn't think of Gabriel Knight. So I decided not to make that joke. I see. That's not your sin anyway. That's the sin, sin of the fathers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I forget if masturbating is a sin, is it? I know yeah, the Mormons think it's a sin. That's why they give you the magic underwear that protects you from cosmic boner rays. Huh. Who, who gets these magic underwear? Do you think that anybody ever made a parody Sugar Ray cover band called Boner Ray? Hmm. I was going to suggest maybe that was Martha Ray's high school nickname. Mm, okay. Boner Ray. Who is Martha Ray? I don't know. I think I only know her from denture commercials. Uh, but she must have been okay, something before sure. that. Yeah, that that can't be what she was famous for, <laughs> I would hope. Well, I mean, isn't the, the where's the beef lady famous for... Well, but nobody moment. does anybody. Yeah, but they, they know didn't what introduce her, her as I mean, as you know Gladys Hemsworth or whatever. Yeah, right. Like the the denture commercials were like, here's our denture shit, and here's Martha Ray, and then Martha Ray would say something about this denture shit. Is she a, is she one of those cooks like Rachel Ray? Is she related? It to could Rachel be. Ray? She could be Rachel Ray's grandmother. Okay. Who's Rachel Ray? Uh, she's one of those cookbook people. Is she the racist recipes, one? Recipes? Recipes? I don't know. No, that's Paula Dean. Nah, Rachel Ray is probably racist. Ray is actually everybody's, short for racist. Everybody's a little bit racist. Her real right? name is Rachel Racist. No, that's just you, <laughs> Kevin. I'm a little bit racist? That's just your rationalization. You say everybody's a little bit racist, and so that's why it's okay for me to hate Cubans. Huh. We actually, did we, did we, did we meet a Cuban last yeah. night? Was that guy Cuban? Yes. Is he from Cuba? Originally, He had yes. a beard. He had a Castro-esque beard. There was no way that Castro got from being clean-shaven to looking like Castro without having a beard like that guy we met last night. Okay. We met the guy uh, who made that uh, Crossword Dungeon yeah. video game. Oh. Did you ever play that, Riff? I think I played it for a few minutes. It's, the, very, it's very simple. I, I did, yeah, I didn't find the, the crossword clues to be very compelling. Nope, they were very easy. Yep. He knows that, and he knows that there aren't very many of them. Yeah. I think he's he's working on an update. Mm-hmm. He's also working on a new game. Sounds That's pretty true. cool. Did he have a name for it? For the new game? Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. Names are hard. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I, I Like a couple weeks ago, I thought of a really good name for the game I want to do in the future when the next version of Unity comes out. And, of course, neglected to write it down, and now I have no idea what it was. Hmm. Likely story. 
No. So once that, a new version of Unity comes out, you're going to be sitting around waiting to think of that name again before you start working on it. Griff, <laughs> I'm beginning to think that you're a professional procrastinator. Uh, I wouldn't say professional. I want. I'm. I mean, I can't. I can't go professional because then I wouldn't qualify for the procrastination Olympics anymore. Do you? Is there a reason that you're trying to? use unity instead of like game maker or something for this i've messed around with game maker and just didn't like it it i don't know it seems it seems i don't know sketchy isn't really the right word but it's a little um flimsy i guess yeah and and like the the tutorials are full of misspellings and just are not interesting tutorials and but i think those tutorials are all user generated uh, well see that's so they're just that's dicks. no better <laughs> yeah i don't know i, I i'm i'm hoping like i'm hoping that unity will be a little more professional quality riff come on spelunky use. spelunky was made in game maker riff it well, can't that's be that true bad. that's true gunpoint uh hotline, hotline miami. miami yeah yeah mm. You could make a masterpiece like Hotline Miami. Oh, wow. You could make a game that combined elements of all three. <laughs> it's like a game that you hacked into the electrical systems of ancient temples <laughs> and killed everybody. In. Okay. I mean, Spelunky, you kind of kill everybody. Eh, you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to. <clears throat> so much of the time that people have been watching me play Spelunky, they've said, is there any benefit to killing people? And I have always said no. But then once you get the, once you get the Kapala, yeah, it once, totally yeah, is. So, yeah, if, you, if you've got an altar on your level, and then after that, you've got your blood skull cup. It's weird. I feel like I always will sacrifice a damsel if I can, because one of those items is worth so much more than one health yeah. to me. Hmm. Health is almost meaningless in because Spelunky. Because instant kills. Yeah, because of, the, because of either, the, either the instant kills or just the, like, spiraling out of control one mistake mm. creating a cascading well, from, death chain. From what I, I... I've not played much more than, like, I don't know. I have played minutes of Spelunky, but I've I've watched a lot of people's runs of it. Like, I've... Like, when I get an email saying Idle Thumbs is about to stream some Spelunky, I'll watch it. But... So my feeling is that a lot of the things that seem like instant kills are not actually instant kills. They just do a lot of damage. So if you Spikes if you actually can kills. get your health up pretty far, then you can survive those things potentially. Huh. I mean, the instant kills that I'm talking about are things like being crushed by those thwomps in the temple or okay. landing on spikes or... I know, But, but more... Or the man traps. Like, fucking, mm. in my non-daily challenge games where I'm being slightly less careful and actually, like, spending my money on upgrades and stuff, I get killed by those fucking man traps in the jungle all the time. Are those the ones that shoot the spikes, spikes out the sides? They the, don't. The tiki traps? No, those are just tiki traps. The man traps are like those plants that just, if you get oh. anywhere near them, oh, they just swallow okay. you, and it's an instant kill. Huh. Yeah, because yeah, I think the tiki traps in particular were one of the things I was thinking about. Those actually just do four hearts of damage wow but because you so frequently don't have that many it seems like it yeah but kill. the other problem is that they also knock you unconscious and off in a direction so yeah, you always just yeah. get like i got like i had a really promising game where i just got trapped in a little cubby getting repeatedly hit with a boomerang by one of those tiki mans 
just mm. eight or nine times and it took forever for the game to be over and there was nothing I could do. Mm. Getting bounced wish, off of a wall by a Yeti. I wish they'd yep. bring the new version out for Mac. It would be you nice. You could just get a real computer. Just boot into Windows all the time. Just, just accept your yeah, fate. Do it every morning. Ugh. Every morning. It's my morning constitutional is my Spelunky Daily Challenge. It's good. It's good for you. Keeps you young. <laughs> Keeps you frightened of Yetis. Hey, Kevin, I heard you saw a movie. I saw two. What? Movies. I uh, I went and saw Gravity uh, in 3D on did an IMAX screen. Did you get IMAX a Gravity screen. boner? I did not get a Gravity boner. That is a fantastic movie and should probably be seen on a large screen if given a chance. I don't know that the 3D was really necessary or helpful, but the uh, the gigantic screen was really cool. There's a lot of small stuff going on microgravity one might say um it's just a really compelling whenever they story. talked about microgravity did they have that real fast talking guy from the micro machines yes. commercial doing the narration for yeah, the movie? <laughs> you could get a lot more movie into a lot less time if that guy was the narrator of everything <clears throat> and then uh i saw a movie which going into it i knew it wasn't going to be very good but then i was surprised by how not particularly good it was um and it was called Escape from Tomorrow. And it is a movie that may never get wide release because it is it was filmed at Disneyland and Disney World without permission. Hmm. Oh, I, um, that's, so that's like where I heard of that. Yeah, it is. It's a film about sort of this about the park as some sort of like dystopian place with a bunch of really weird shit going on. And the, that description makes it sound pretty cool, but the, the amount of that stuff that actually happens in the film is very low. Hmm. And it's just kind of incoherent, and it's kind of a, like a rambling... I don't know. It, it, seemed like a, it seemed like a really good student film to me, was kind of like how it, it felt in the final analysis. And would you not go see a really good student film? depends some of them are probably pretty probably worthwhile this one was like a 90 minute if it, i think it could have been a phenomenal short like mm. you could have done a 20 minute version of this which would have been really interesting and neat and weird and trippy and making it 90 minutes was just kind of a mistake um that like you probably could have cut out half of the stuff that happens and it would have been better by just by virtue of the fact that it just was not going on all these weird jags. It was like four different plots trying to coalesce into a single film. Um, yeah. So with that glowing endorsement, uh, you should go check it out. <laughs> uh, just, it, but you know, the, the fact that it was, that it was actually at the filmed at the parks was neat. Um, as a visual spectacle, it was kind of cool. Is that not getting them into legal yeah, like, territory. Well, that like, was the thing. Like everyone is, I think, a little surprised that they have not been sued or given cease and desist letters or whatever by Disney, who is notoriously litigious in that regard. The fact that I paid to at a theater to go see this movie kind of blows my mind, because who is getting that money? Like, is the filmmaker actually making some money off of this? Because that surprises me that Disney is not 
shut that down. I wonder if little independent art theaters operate the way that like local bands playing in bars do where somebody will make a film and then the theater will play it just like, no, we're just giving you some exposure, buddy. Right. We're not going to give you any money. Huh. I don't know. What is this? A just world? No. (laughs) Yeah. I I had read about it. um, And so I had been aware of it and been interested in it. And then when I saw that it was playing at a local theater, little art house theater, I was like, huh, well, I will go see that and see what, see what it's like. It's nice that there are little theaters. Yeah. Although a lot of the time you look at what they're playing and you're like, I don't want to see that. That's for young people. That's what I think, at least. Because it's all student films? Or something. It's all Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I don't know. We uh, we also went to Day of the Devs. Yeah, we did. That was pretty fun. That was uh, So that was Double Fine hosting a like little mini video game festival. It was like part fan event for people that were fans of Double Fine, part little expo with a couple of other studios showing off their games part like concert um and it was okay it was like at a club and it was extremely crowded for most of the time Hmm. um but the so all the double fine games that are are in production were on display and then also uh super giant showed transistor i got to watch sort of the full demo of that which was kind of neat and then Super Time Force cool. was on display. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Can you explain how Super Time Force works? So Super Time Force is a single-player co-op game where you, as I understand it, you are playing on a level. There's a countdown timer because you have like a certain amount of time to finish the level. Um, and you can in the level, you can collect a couple of things, which are like additional time, that kind of thing. Um, when you die on the level, you get to rewind time and bring in another member of the super time force. And then the first player continues forward from that point. The first person that you played sort of in like the, the ghost version of them doing the damage and stuff that they're doing. And then you're playing somebody else. So you can prevent their death. You can do a bunch of other stuff. Um, and the boss battles are you, just doing ever more increasing damage to the boss with ever more uh, time force members. More guys, it's like that, yeah. um, like that, that little flash game cursor times ten. Yeah, yeah, it's like that, but like, but a real, but like a shooter. On, yeah, like that except contra yeah, side scrolling shooter. Yeah, and it just looks cool. Like all the the like the graphics are neat. Like I don't know. Like these guys are these guys have a really interesting visual style, and there's just so much going on in each individual screen that I'm pretty excited about, about sort of getting a chance to play it. Although what is frustrating is that for at least the first six or eight months, it's just gonna be Xbox live arcade only. Hmm. So I have to wait. I'm hoping that it will come to PC in a reasonable amount of time. These are the guys that built, um, sword and sorcery. Sword and sorcery. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much of the design was theirs compared to the Super Brothers guys, but they at least did the coding or whatever. Yeah. That's I did not realize that that was that was a collaboration until recently. Um, what else did you play? Well, you didn't play that. I didn't really play that. Yeah. I mean, I got to I got to see Spy Party a little bit more. I got to see a bunch of the 
um, the Double Fine Adventure, I guess, what's it called? Broken Age now? Yeah, I don't really have any interest in that. I mean, it's going to be an adventure game. I'm excited to see how it looks. I think that adventure games are not very good. I think that's the terrible secret of space. Of adventure games. Um, So many things fall under the banner adventure games now. What... What what manner of adventure game are you saying that you don't like? The kind where you walk around and click on somebody, get in the dialogue tree, and uh, like a point and get click inventory adventure items and stuff. Or, okay. Yeah, like a like, like an old school LucasArts sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's that's what that's what they set out to make. I know, and yeah, and I don't doing care. It. That genre is dead, bro. But it's not. That's the beauty. Never. Yeah, there's a lot of. A lot of people care about that. The art is really is all, is really pretty, and it looks like it'll be pretty funny. It's cool. voiced, which is crazy. Yeah, it's got some celebrity voices. It's got it's got Jack Black. It's got yep. Pendleton Ward. Yep. Um, were there any other games that you saw there that you remember? Yeah, Space Space DF. Yeah, I played a little Space Space DF Nine, and then I came home and bought it. Uh, oh, you did. Apparently, they're doing alpha releases fairly frequently, so it it changes you know month to month at least right now there's not a tremendous amount to it and there's i like seeing uh i like seeing placeholder dialogue oh yeah yeah. well because i mean a lot of what we do is we produce some placeholder dialogue and then that just becomes the dialogue and that's our charm right but but with this it's yeah i was just gonna say this looks like a good place to drop some hobo mud yeah, exactly. I want that to become the industry term for placeholder dialogue. <laughs> What's that? This hobo looks mud. like a good place to drop some hobo mud. Yeah. Yeah. Hobo good. mud is the um place placeholder. But yeah, Space Base DF9 is like an attempt to make Dwarf Fortress accessible, I think. And do you think that cool. they're going to be successful in that? Um, I mean, it's, you know, you got dudes and you build a room and then you um you know, I don't know. There's you can mine an asteroid, and there's there's not a lot to it right now. Like the infrastructure is there, but the systems aren't really. Like there's mm. just not that many things. You can build a space bed, and then a space dresser, and a space rug, and that's pretty funny. Okay. I don't know if the space rug actually helps you with anything. Well, I mean, it keeps um, keeps you on the floor. And one in one game, I got it's just Velcro attacked by a um, I don't know some ship some bad guy ship came in and uh-huh. then just all my guys were dead and I didn't even really understand what had happened because okay. I think I had had time running super fast oh yeah. but you know you, you yeah it's like I haven't really played much Dwarf Fortress so I don't know how it compares but do you uh, get to accelerate and decelerate time in Dwarf Fortress uh, I don't know I believe you can yeah huh that'd be neat if you could build something that was in a relatively steady state and then advance it 500 years mm-hmm. and see what happens. I mean, that's kind of how you play SimCity, right? And then you discover that in those interim 500 years, a, a butterfly got jammed in the hinges of the, of the front right. gate of your thing and elephants invaded and destroyed everything. <laughs> if you could also rewind time, that would be more interesting. Yeah. Right, do this, see what this results in 500 years later. Hmm. No, it's like the butterfly effect. The butterfly in the door. Plus effect. the time machine. Starring Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, yeah. starring Ashton Kutcher. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could do that just by saving the game. No, the time machine starred Guy Fox. 
Did you watch the new uh, the not. remake of The Time Machine? Nope. No. I think that came out that summer that I saw every movie in the theater. It there was some super bad. It was pretty bad. There were some neat parts, though. Okay. What's that guy's name? Guy Pierce? Guy Pierce. Yeah. yeah. Oh, was he Guy in Fox that? was pretty huh. good, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's kind of steampunky. There's a thing where they blow up the moon. <laughs> okay. So that's cool. You get to watch the moon explode. You don't see that in a lot of cinema. Do you get to do it and get to see it in slow motion because they're in a time machine? You get to see it in fast motion. That's the opposite of slow motion. Does it form <laughs> a ring? What well, it it sort of yeah, it does. Um, the why would you see something in slow motion in a time travel movie? What like? Because you were going. Oh, guys, we've invented a machine that lets you travel through time way slower than normal. <laughs> you don't think you'd do that? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, maybe if I, I could stop time. I mean, yeah. If you could sit do, in, do, do, do. <laughs> yeah. if you could sit in the time machine and read a book and yeah. get out, and it was only like half an hour later. Well, do you age? Yeah, yeah, prob- yeah sure. <laughs> I mean, I think if you if if you age, you're just gonna like. Think about how fucked up your sleep schedule is when you get left to your own devices anyway. Now imagine that you can just take time out of a day where time passes for you but for nobody else. Yep. Yeah. That's gonna be, it's, it's also going to be super weird when over time, like suddenly next year, your girlfriend is like, why are you like 90 years old <laughs> now? Because I've been taking a been? lot of secret naps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I see what you mean, right? Like, you could... Ah, Jesus Christ. Like, you could you could become the world's worst Zynga, right? Like, because you could basically get a bunch of dudes in your time machine. You could see whatever a cool video game was. Mm-hmm. Then you could take 50 years to make a really good ripoff of that video game <laughs> and then release it and say, oh, hey, check out our game. And you could release it the week before the other one came out. Well, it you've depends. got a time can you machine. Slow, can you slow it down oh, well. that much? This is because because I think Kevin's just talking about a slowing machine. Yeah. Okay, but like if, that, if like you could also go backwards machine. in time, I don't know. It depends on whether the minimum speed is zero or negative zero. Hmm. Is there such a thing negative as a zero, negative zero? Yeah, because then every hour you spend in your negative zero speed time machine. A negative hour passes. Okay. If when you went back in time, you forgot everything that happened in the amount of time that you went back, right? Like, so if you go back a year in time, you forget everything that happened in the past year. Hmm. Would you go back in time? Hmm. Can I leave I notes know. for myself? <laughs> Do you remember... How would you leave notes for yourself back in time? Do you know that you've gone back in time? Because now I can't say. Maybe I do that all the fucking time and I just don't know about it. Can I I write a note on my arm? (laughs) Hmm. Or do you just... I mean, if you're forgetting everything that's happened to you since then, are you just popping into your own body? Question. It's a good question. You're the one that made this fucking machine. I know. I'm finding I'm finding it hard to use it without uh, having all sorts of philosophical quandaries. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so basically, it's just a philosophical quandary machine. I mean, in a way, that would explain a lot. In the same way that, like, the idea that you know, just sort of like 
quantum causality where everything that happens is sort of like you picking which version of reality you want to follow. Right. It would explain a lot about how awesome my life is because I'm like, a lot of the things about my life are pretty much exactly the thing that I would choose. So maybe I did on some level. Maybe I keep going back in time and doing things writer and writer and writer until I get this awesome life where I get to make video games and podcasts and have a huge dick. <laughs> that that uh, encounter with a horse when you were really young really changed things for sure, you. Sure, yeah. That, that, that gene splicing. Uh... I played Super Pole Riders. Is it Pole Riders or Super Pole Riders? Super Pole Riders. Okay. Are they riding a Super Pole or are they really good at riding poles? I think they're, just, they're super okay. good at riding poles. Did you, play, did you play great. four player? Yes. Uh, so super Pole Riders or Super Pole Riders, whichever one, I don't remember, sports is part friends. of Sports Friends. And uh, they had those on, there was another one, some sort of weird Smash Brothers-y ball throwing game. Hmm. Like it was something where you were like on an island floating over an ocean and you have a ball it's kind of like just a soccer sort of thing but you have like six jumps you have a you have a double jump that goes like six times so you can spend a whole bunch of time fucking around out off of the island before you fall to your death in the water or you can go back up and land on the island um but i didn't actually play that i just saw a little bit of it pole riders it's fucking great you're like a bunch of pole vaulting dudes and it's like left stick moves your guy and right stick moves your pole and uh, you're just trying to pole vault and kick this sort of ball that's hanging on a line uh, into the goal on the other side and it's just super chaotic and crazy and great and if you kick dudes they get killed and then respawn and pop in and uh, there's a thing that happens the game is timed and you're playing for points and if there's a tie at the end of time it goes into this sudden death mode where i don't want to ruin the surprise of what happens when it goes into sudden death but like everyone who was playing and watching suddenly just like burst into delighted laughter when (laughs) the mechanical change that accompanies sudden death kicked in and it was fucking great i i don't i don't know if i'm imagining correctly what you're describing but the image i have of it in my head is something that i would really really like to see actual people do on tv (laughs) i think it would be very dangerous yeah there's a lot of like hitting dudes with your pole (laughs) and stuff (laughs) did you play anything else i did not no did you uh did you dance your heart out to the dj stylings of dj phil fish i did not but uh, his his DJing was uh, was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. I, I thought I enjoyed it. He's a competent computer operator. Yes. We went uh, we went and had a good time at a bar with a lot of the a lot of the, the fancy games mans after uh, after Day of the Devs, and that was delightful. Cool. I hear I hear Trump, Jenny Trump almost uh, almost smashed uh, Tim's phone. Yeah, she dropped Tim Schafer's phone on the ground. Wow. Yeah. Why did she have it? I don't. I think it was in his hand, and she hit it. Oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a good way to ingratiate yourself. I think, I think uh, Emily introduced herself to Tim Schafer three times, or something. Good. Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, I, I met you ten minutes ago." And she's like, "I'm drunk." <laughs> I don't actually. I wasn't there, so I don't know if that actually happened. A lot of people were drinking. Yeah, it was a lot. Of, there was a lot of drinking. It was a heavy. It was a heavy drinking event. Yeah. Started early, started often. Yeah. 
Well, have you played any other video games? I have. Uh, so, on your recommendation, uh, I started playing Devil's Attorney. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an iOS game. Uh, have you played this riff? I have not. It has been sitting on my iPad for a long time, waiting for me to play it. And I have. It's good. Uh, I have not. Yeah, because both you guys seem to like it a lot. So I have not. I have not yet called it from my devices, but I have not yet gotten around to playing it either. It's very polished and it's very simple uh, and straightforward, but um, but surprisingly like pleasurable and like the individual sort of gameplay loops or the, the the fights basically the courtroom fights that you get into are really fun like you you have a lot of agency and each one is a little bit different and it's it's really neat the way that they've taken a, a very small set of systems and uh and sort of squeezed a bunch of different um enjoyment out of it um so here, besides that i played a little bit of um post-future vagabond yeah i played a little bit of that michael bro's new game very confusing is it bro it's not brow or broth i don't know i really don't know it could be any of those things brew yeah could be through through like brew uh and it is it's sort of like um a real-time version of 868 hack where you don't get any power-ups um that's the best way i can describe it you you're you are wandering around in a grid. There are monsters moving and trying to get towards you. You collect um, things which let you shoot out in all directions, just like an, uh, well, just sort of like eight six eight hack. Um, and it's hard, but it's pretty fun. And it's definitely one of those things where there are sort of a, a, a bunch of ever increasing sort of systems interacting and different kinds of enemies that are going on and stuff like that. And like, there's just, it sort of drops you in there with no explanation. You have to figure out what's going on, which is, which is worth doing. I find that his stuff exists on a spectrum of sort of comprehensibility and the more comprehensible it is, the better a game I think it is. Mm. Cause like Zaga 33 is pretty good. Eight, six, eight hack is better. This, I don't know. I liked it. I don't know that I'm going to go back to it. I will probably play it a little bit more at some point in the future. I mean, I like I know that if I keep playing it, I will comprehend the rule set and I will be able to enjoy it on its terms. But I just don't know that. I don't know that it has grabbed me enough early on to make it worth giving it that time. But if you say it is, I will, buddy. Yeah, I mean, let me play it some more and make sure that I I feel that way again on a second play. Are the levels set or are they procedural? Pretty sure they're procedural. It seems it seems like they are just randomly generated based on some rules. Um, and then I also played some Hearthstone this past week. You and me both. I don't... Like, I appreciate it as a game, but I don't know that it's really grabbed me. I think it suffers from all the other car- online card game problems which I have, which I'm just not that interested in hmm. building virtual decks of cards. I've... And I don't know if that's... I've just now been given that, well, just as of like an hour or two ago, been given access to the alpha for Hex that I'm, I'm trying to log into, but, uh, oh yeah. See how that goes. That's that, that, is that kickstarted or? Yeah. That's, that's the one that, that I'm pretty excited about it. Mechanically, it seems to be pretty much identical to 
to Magic the Gathering uh, with some very, very small differences, mainly revolving around the fact that it's entirely online. So you can do things like have cards with gem sockets. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, it's got like the five colors of magic like magic has and it's got your mana and your your creatures with their powers and blocking the same way blocking works in magic and it's got a the the action stack the way magic does and it is basically just just magic but hearthstone differs from that in a lot of ways just because you attack things directly Instead of just attacking, mm-hmm. and then also, yeah, Hearthstone you know, is no, you can't do anything on, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I appreciate that honestly. I I like I like how complicated how complicated how um, the complexity of the rule systems. Mm-hmm. But I I want I like I feel I I want a game that is just on like just slightly more complicated than like the original Magic the Gathering was. And I find Hearthstone to be, like, just far enough on the other side of that line that it's not interesting enough to me. But it's so pretty. It is really pretty. It is. It, the art direction on it is fantastic. The presentation is so good. Yep. Yeah. There's just explosions the, of happy fireworks and stuff, and you can put a rock in a catapult and then throw the catapult <laughs> yes. at your imaginary the, the the thing the, the thing I'm really excited about for Hex is that they're doing all uh, PVE dungeons and raids and stuff, uh, like hmm. World of Warcraft style, uh, a lot, along with them? the PvP. So, do you earn cards from them? Yes, but um, there's there's PvP cards and PVE cards, and you can use PvP cards in PVE, but not the other way around. Okay, that that's good. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I don't like seeing multiplayer online games compromised in their PvE experience by the balance needs of PvP. That's always an extremely frustrating. I mean, I think you could argue that this game me. already is that, right? Like, it's just it was presented to you in the reverse order. It's like you get a bunch of it, it was like you get a bunch of skills. Um, Which game are you talking about? Hex. Oh. Right, because it's like you get a bunch of skills, but you can only use half of them in PvP. Right, like... So... I mean, does that... You're not- saying the compromise happened in the early design. Yeah, instead, well, instead of, yeah, instead of something that comes later. No, but I'm saying that the PvE stuff is probably going to be a lot more powerful than the PvP stuff, right? Like, because you can do things... A PvE skill in an RPG can be a thing like stun your opponent for three rounds, Mm -hmm. which is crazy powerful, and it would be so lame to have that done to you by another player, Mm -hmm. and it would just ruin you, that you can't, like, you know, like, say, insta-kill, like some resource-limited insta-kill skill is a thing that, you know, makes sense. In a game where you're fighting a thousand goblins, but not in a game where you're fighting one other human. It was the way that they did it that was interesting, at least old school WoW, was like in the arenas, you could never use a skill that had a cooldown of more than 10 minutes or something like that. And so all Hmm. the crazy, powerful stuff that you could do was on like an hour long timer, like the fucking pally thing where it was full heal. Yeah. Yeah. 
that was the most frustrating thing to encounter <laughs> in open world PvP, world PvP was yeah. you finally get that pally down to 10 health and then suddenly they're back at full health again. They've also said that once they get things going that they will they'll have like occasional official tournaments where you're allowed to use PvE cards and like if you're just setting up a match between you and a friend you have an option of making it PvE permissible and things like that. Huh. I was enjoying the the AI opponents more than I think I'm enjoying playing against other people. In Hearthstone? Really? Yeah, in Hearthstone. Hmm. I mean, they're just super easy. Yeah, but I mean, you're like I'm getting more cards sort of regularly because I'm leveling up characters yeah, and stuff. That happens either way, though. You level up when you lose. Yeah, yeah. A little bit slower than leveling up when you win, so. And you'll have all, like, if you play it seriously, you have all of those basic cards unlocked in a few days. Yeah, I don't know that I'm going to stick with it that long. Hmm. Well, I enjoy it a great deal. I know. <laughs> Still been playing a bunch of Arena, and that's fun. Do you do, do, you do every day's daily challenge? Or daily yeah, quest? I mean, I, like, I sometimes get a little behind if they, they stack up some ones that are sort of onerous to finish. I'm not going to just, I'm not going to keep playing just for the sake of doing that if I'm not in the mood to play it, you know? And so, I don't know, usually if I, like, lose two games in a row, I'll just rage Alt F4 and then come back the next day. If I've been all you did was arena matches, still. you would never actually construct a deck, right? And yeah. Would you, you don't level up by doing arena stuff, do you? do. You do? Yeah. You, do? Yeah, you level up just by playing as a class, and arena counts. Huh. You can finish daily quests in the arena if they are, like deal damage to opponents or whatever the, you can't accomplish any quest goals by playing against a friend which is mm. just a sort of an issue with pvp in general i mean it's sort of what we had to do in kol where it's like you only get this important pvp win stuff if you let us do the matchmaking for you as opposed to like just you know picking your friend who is actually just you on a different computer who's losing all the time i mean when i did the arena i i played one match and then was I played a second match and was immediately matched to the same person which was frustrating yeah because they had beaten me the first time and I was like well great so I'm really getting a chance to test this deck out did they beat you the second time they also? did oh, yeah. well good I mean I think a lot of that is because there just aren't a huge number of people playing at right any given time yeah because huh. it's still I mean it's still in closed, closed beta. beta right sure. so yeah whatever you gotta get used to being the elite the upper crust, the one percent. Sure. I keep playing Spelunky. I've been playing more of it lately. I've been, like for a long time I was doing just the one run a day daily challenge, but now I keep like when I get when I get bored and need to take a ten minute break from work, I will just open Spelunky. Take a Spelunky dump. Yeah. <laughs> and, have you uh, beaten it yet? No. How far have you gotten at this point? I've gotten to Olmec a bunch of times, but I just keep... It's, like, so easy to slip up and die hmm. in that fight. And it's, like, one of those things where it's like, oh, there's all these other enemies running around. Like, I don't know if he spawns enemies or if enemies just fly in from monster closets on the edges of the screen Isn't or whatever. Is just Anubis or whatever summoning stuff? Oh, is Anubis there? I thought so. Dude, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, the, the first time you get hit on that level, you're just dead. Like, you get knocked unconscious for three seconds and you're just dead. So, it's, yeah. I don't know. I know you're supposed to have a lot of bombs. 
I kind of can't figure out a lot of ways in which sticky bombs aren't as much of a liability as they are a power-up. Because the one thing about having non-sticky bombs is that you always have something you can throw. Uh, maybe you can pick up and throw sticky bombs? I've never actually tried. I don't know. You probably can. Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can. I've seen, I've definitely seen people like deal with rampaging shopkeepers by throwing a sticky bomb at him that sticks to him. Well, I don't know why that never occurred to me. Keep accidentally aggroing shopkeepers or just having them aggro for no reason <laughs> because something happens as a result of the systemic interactions that makes the shopkeeper angry and of course blames it on me butterfly <laughs> trapped in a hinge sure <laughs> butterfly flies path past an arrow trap I had to figure out I had to waste a bomb yesterday on a game destroying an arrow trap because I knew that if I triggered it it would shoot the shopkeeper <laughs> so it was just positioned right outside the door of a shop and it was like level one and I didn't want to deal with pissed off shopkeepers <laughs> for the whole game I finally managed to like get a shotgun I aggroed a shopkeeper on purpose, and I made it through like three or four levels by killing oh. the, you know, the, the the shopkeepers who were waiting around. But like, I just don't want that stress, man. I feel bad. I feel guilty. It's stealing, man. Those bombs aren't mine. <laughs> but you don't feel. Mine. But you don't feel bad about sacrificing the the damsel on the altar to Kali. <laughs> you don't feel bad about killing dudes in in games to get their stuff. It's just the fact that this is a legitimate businessman that... Yeah, yeah. Huh. I mean, th these are people who have bought into the ideals of capitalism, <laughs> and I feel like by punishing them for that, what am I? I think... Fucking socialist. That these guys are not really serious capitalists because they're setting up shops in the worst places. Yeah, Didn't man. They ever learn location, the, location, lo location. Yes, exactly. Mm, yeah. So I guess like things. in a 10,000 year old glacier cave. Right. Probably <laughs> not a good way. Like, With UFOs and yetis. Yeah. Like who the fuck are you? Who the fuck was going to buy those bombs? Like, <laughs> like how long have you been here? Yep. Like you're going to sell them to these caveman guys because those guys don't have any money. Like, right. I know, because I've killed, like, millions of them, and none of them has ever dropped a fucking dime. You're going to sell them to those man traps? You're going to sell them to a spider? <laughs> Spiders don't want bombs. What does it mean to drop a dime on someone now? Now I'm questioning that turn of phrase. Mm, you give them, you give them $10 worth of marijuana. Okay. Oh, you, like, call, you, you call in a tip, maybe. Is it like dropping a deuce, but you do it five times? Yeah, you poop on someone five times. That's what dropping a dime on somebody means. I see. Yeah, okay. That's good. Uh, I finished Device 6. Nice. Oh, good. It is so good. Riff, so did you good. finish it? Yeah. Man, Can't I Can't even really talk about uh, it. Yeah, unfortunately. I, I, I got stuck. When I, when I played through it, I got stuck on like the second like the puzzle in the second chapter and then came back to it a couple hours later and played through the entire rest of it in one sitting. I forget what the puzzle in the second chapter is. Um, it was um, the bears. Okay. I The problem that I had with that was one of those things where it's like, uh, I don't know if I have enough information to solve this mm. or 
if there is some way to get additional information out of these things. Yeah, my that's basically my problem was that I misinterpreted the icons that the that the shooting gallery targets give you as being other information. Oh, in in order from left to right. Yeah. Ah, uh, that yeah, that was that was interesting. I eventually had to look at a walkthrough at one point. Like I um I was out playing it while the girls were recording video games taco using my laptop and sitting in front of my desktop. So there was no way for me to work. So I just sat and played it and I was like, eh. I'm either going to quit playing this or I'm going to look at a walkthrough to mm-hmm. figure out how to get past the the welcoming words puzzle. Okay. Like where it turns out that you just had to listen to a thing in its entirety that you thought was just unimportant flavor yeah. stuff or that I thought was just unimportant flavor stuff, which is on me. But uh, yeah, Jesus, it's good. Oh man. I've been listening to the soundtrack just over and over. Hmm. Yeah. So device six, get that for your iOS device. Definitely. If you haven't already gotten it. Anything else? Uh, I've been playing the new um, Phoenix Wright uh, Ace Attorney 5. I think it's number Anything five. else good? <laughs> it's pretty good. I mean, that is not your thing, but you know, it's good. The plots are good and interesting and uh, lots of surprising twists that I did not see coming. And they, uh, they updated the art, so instead of the, the character animations being sprites, they're, um, they're 3D models, but they're really nicely cell shaded so they still look like sprites except the animation is really smoother and more elaborate huh. and it's i don't know it's 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 your basic good ace attorney game for for what, those of us who like on ace attorney 3ds sorry what what'd you say what are you playing that on the 3ds yes it's a it's a 3ds one it's a eShop only release okay and uh the other thing i played was um um oh I should have written down the title. It is Lily Looks Something. Looks inside or looks within or something like that. Um it's uh on Steam, I believe it was a kickstarted thing. But uh it's uh basically a point and click adventure. Uh this uh this little girl whose friend gets kidnapped by a scarf and on on the way for rescuing him, she discovers a pair of goggles that lets her see like hundreds of years into the past, and so it's got those sort of time travely point and click adventure stuff where you know the the bridge is out here, so you go back a hundred years in the past to when it wasn't, so that you can cross that sort of. Can thing. you wait? So you can interact with it lets you both yes. see and walk on things from a hundred years in the past. <laughs> yes, it yeah, it's like a teleport time travel These device glasses are weird and the the puzzles are in the uh you know the mist or riven vein of things it's like you know figure out how the canal locks work or what this machine does and how to make it do that and things like that it was pretty good although it it's really short it was like two hours long and it ended really abruptly uh so i guess maybe they're doing it as an episodic thing but it didn't explicitly say that anywhere but I, know, it was an enjoyable two hours. Zach, you had said that with Devil's Attorney, the voice acting stopped halfway through, and I'm more than halfway through, and the voice acting has not stopped. So I'm huh. wondering if maybe you somehow accidentally turned it off. Hmm. But I don't know. Maybe I meant two-thirds of the way through. 
Okay. <laughs> just keep playing. Maybe right. you meant keep playing until four I'm fifths right. of the way through. Maybe, maybe you yeah. meant five sixths of the way through. Eventually, I, I will mean 57 58ths because I think there are 58 cases in the game. <laughs> yeah. Why the fuck? God damn it, video game. 58? Seriously? <laughs> like, Act 1 is 20 cases, and Act 2 is 20 cases, and Act 3 is 18 cases? I, I think maybe not. I think maybe they're all 19. No, I don't know. I have no idea. Actually. Maybe you missed two secret cases. Oh, man. Maybe or, I did. Or maybe there's two cases DLC. It's like nobody else has ever played this game. I've never heard anybody else mention it. How did you find it? I don't remember. Did it come to you in a dream? Probably. <laughs> so, so that's working. Their viral sleep marketing is working. <laughs> Shit. Well, that's what we should be doing. Yeah, it's free. Yeah, screw. Because like, like what you do, ads. what you do is you get the people doing it to dream that you paid them, and then you don't have to pay them in real life. Dream that they owe you money. Ooh. Okay. So wow. Just checks in the mail. It's a pretty good racket. Yeah. You got it. so so we got it first. We got to get your your zero or negative zero time machine right funded. Yeah. Do you think we should we kickstart that or should we get VC? Let's dream fund it. Okay. We can just go to sleep and hope real hard that we wake up on a big bag of money. <laughs> well, I was well, I was gonna say that we just make other people feel like they need to send us five bucks. If we get it dreams. funded in the future, we would be able to pay those guys back immediately. Okay. So I mean, what I venture capitalist wouldn't wouldn't accept that offer? I had a dream last night that I figured out that I was. Stu- I think this was a dream that was prompted by device six. I figured out that I was. I figured out that I was dreaming, and that I was. Although it was probably prompted by the Stanley Parable, actually figuring out that I was dreaming, and I was like, "All right, well, this weird, fake person, in my dream." I just need to like wait for the moment when the jump scare happens and they'll turn into like a horrific monster and yell at me. And I kept like looking at the face of this mannequin thing and trying to get it to happen and then thinking, why am I doing this? Like, why am I trying to get this thing to freak out and scare me? Like, I know that I'm on the cusp of waking up from this and why would I want to upset myself? But then I just kept trying. I'm like, I don't know, because it'd probably look cool. It would probably look cool <laughs> if this thing turned into like a crazy fucking monster and like yelled at me because this is supposed to be a scary dream, not a happy dream. <laughs> that sounds Couldn't awful. make it happen. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, and then what? I was thinking, do I spend every night subconsciously just trying to fuck myself up as badly as possible? Is that the secret of my success? Sure. Ah. Could you do could you do a web page that was like one of those jump scare pages where you where you have to solve the maze very slowly and carefully and a uh, hideous thing suddenly appears on the screen, except it's a thing to make you happy. So like it shows mm. you a picture of a Puppies. kitten or something. Yeah. Yeah. It could be like scroll down to Riker, except you have to solve a maze and then it's just, <laughs> and then it's just Jonathan Frakes being a cool dude. at you. <laughs> that was a strange phenomenon on the internet. <laughs> like, a thing that that you scroll and it animates and there's a couple of frames of some some ladies kissing kissing Riker. Oh, I didn't see there. that. Uh, that's that was I thought the whole joke is like as you scrolled he like like did his little thing or whatever but then there's like 
one or two frames where there's just like ladies on either side of him. Oh, I didn't. I didn't even notice that part. I couldn't figure out why you were so happy, but now I guess I know. <laughs> yeah, the version you know I know is just you scroll down and he he throws a pickup line at you and winks. Yeah, yeah. I never saw one with ladies. Really? Yeah, me neither. Guys, are you sure you didn't just make your own version I of scroll down make to Riker? This up. Or this is I did like not a, make, there's there are a couple of frames with just you didn't hop into your time machine and fast follow Lo- scroll down to Riker. Load it up and start scrolling. Okay. We'll do this. We'll do this live. We will figure this shit out. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Ah, uh, Christ. I don't know how to. You don't know how to internet. I don't. Scroll down to Riker. Scroll down to Riker.com. Okay. All right. So this is, it Man, has to load. I knew I should have brought my iPad in here. Okay. Zooming in. He smiles. He says a thing. Yeah. And that's it. What? This is not the one that I saw. Oh, yeah, you, you had made the, you, you dreamed it. You is had there a Riker a, is dream. there a is there an imposter site? Did an imposter site come out before the original one? I think so. I wow. Think, yeah, I think you're making this up because this is what. Yeah. Okay. Just... No, no, no. Your fucking scroll wheel jumps a bunch, doesn't it? <sighs> no. Yes, it totally fucking does. Yes, it does. Oh Look at wait. How much... What? Yeah, oh. your fucking scroll wheel. Yeah, yeah but there's, there's a no... bunch of additional shit going on in there. No. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> there is not. I get what you mean. You so without the using the scroll bar instead of the scroll wheel, you can make that happen a lot more smoothly. Yeah. But there are no ladies. There's ladies. There's ladies in there somewhere. <laughs> All right. Now I'm just scrolling super super. Okay. Slow. It's also possible that since you get a different line each time, that there are just some versions of it that have ladies popping in, and I happen to see those first, and I just assumed that that was that happened in every in every version of it do you think if you have right. a dream that has Riker in it that that's somehow prophetic like if you have a dream that has the cosmic owl in it okay Who's the cosmic owl from adventure time mm-hmm. man i am not fucking crazy there's there are there's a version of this with some ladies <laughs> are you sure that okay i know that often you will frame your monitor with a couple of cutout photographs of ladies that are just kissing whatever your is screen in is the displaying. Middle, is in the yeah. of the screen. <laughs> I'm making a lot of shit happen with Riker here, and there's no ladies, Kevin. Well, this is not what I how I, I experienced this at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I will have to recreate my experience and figure out what the fuck. All right, I'm just gonna keep doing it. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep moving my hand rhythmically forward and backwards while I look at Jonathan Frakes smiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is uh this is not it's giving any support yeah, to my theory. There at are all. no ladies. There are no ladies on this page. There is just there is just Will Riker. Interesting. In his dapper <laughs> uniform. Yeah. Is it possible that I saw a parody version of the site before I saw the original site? Uh it is. I I saw that parody of uh some World of Warcraft parody of uh, Beyonce's single ladies before I saw the original. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then I became very enamored with the original. All the single ladies. Why is that song so good? It makes literally no sense that that song is so good. That song has n- basically nothing going on. It is it's all build up. It's got up. a good hook. It is all build up and no delivery. It, sure. Like, and yet it is still so good. Well, because it leaves you wanting more. I guess that's true. 
That's all you need. Is you need that you all you need to make something popular is build up. Is that all we've been playing? Sure. I think that's all we've been playing. Yep. Riff, anything in the news strike your interest, strike your fancy, strike uh, your irons while fancy. they were hot? The only thing of note that I noticed was that um, Nintendo's swap note. If you n- thing notice on something, 3DS. if you notice something, isn't it definitionally of notice? Oh yeah, okay. So the only note. thing. It's now, now I note. don't know which way to say it. But okay, so the there this thing swap note, which uh, I guess is still on the D, the the 3ds, and what it was was a thing where you could either use the 3ds camera to take a picture, or you could use the stylus to to draw a picture, uh, presumably of a cock and balls, and then you could either use the street pass functionality to send that picture to whoever happened to pass you in the street next. Or you could use the spot pass functionality to send it to anybody in your friends list. And Nintendo discovered that kids were posting their friend codes on the internet, and therefore people were sending cock and balls pictures to kids. So they said, "All right, well, we because these few people are are nuts, then we we have to turn off the yeah." But thanks, brain. That was that was the the appropriate first word that popped into my head. I was but, uh, I thought you were gonna say dicks. Yeah. But yeah, so they've they've removed uh, spot pass functionality from this thing. So now you can only send uh, pictures of cocks and balls to random strangers in the street instead of targeted individuals. Oh wow! You can still send them out randomly. You just can't target them. Apparently so. Interesting. That's great. What is it? Snapchat or no? Uh, Snatchpat. Pictures. <laughs> Snatchpat. <laughs> what is that? What, what is it called? Photoswap. Or, yeah, oh, Photoswap is what else? you're talking okay. about. Yeah. Yeah. Photoswap is is a bunch of people mostly taking pictures of their genitalia. And it's not mostly taking pictures of their genitalia. I think there's mostly. Genitalia. There is some cool stuff that happens. Yeah, it's not like on Photoswap. Five percent of the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Sturgeon's law. Okay. That, like five percent of things are fish. <laughs> Did you see that Humble Bundle is now officially letting you gift the extra copies of Steam games that you get from hmm. their bundles? Oh, did they? I, I did not. The I I saw something talking about that, but what I heard was it was people being upset at no longer being able to to gift those. Did that get reversed or something? I I mean, it was. It used to be the case that they they specifically said you shouldn't do it, and that. Um, they are now. They have reversed their position and said that you are now allowed. You are now allowed to gift them if you want. Huh. It so, must have been know. what what I heard about must have been a short lived thing. There must have been an uproar. Well, I mean, this is. I think this you mean is a short lived day thing. or something. So short lived here on video games, hot dog. <laughs> yeah. So they they just rolled out an experimental feature that allows you to send extra games on Steam to someone else by clicking the gift icon next to their their game on the download page. Oh, well, that's. That's pretty awesome. That's there, you know, it's exceptionally friendly. Like, yeah, there's a lot of humble bundles that I have not picked up because there was only one game in it that I didn't have. But now that you could gift all those copies to other people, yeah. So you wouldn't pay one tenth of a cent for a game that you already had. Well, I don't like. I don't like just. I don't know. Waste. 
Yeah. I usually I usually spend twenty five bucks on a humble bundle, and I guess I probably wouldn't pay twenty five bucks for one video game. Hmm. I, I usually pay whatever the whatever the minimum is to get the bonuses. I used to do like ten or fifteen bucks for the bundles. I do the recommended amount. But then I got I felt I got a little burned because I bought a bundle and then in a later bundle they just included everything that I had gotten in a previous bundle in a in a different hmm. pack and I was like seriously that seems super frustrating like I don't know does it bother you if you buy a movie ticket and then a year later you can just fucking see the movie for free on TV Yes Really No no it doesn't <laughs> See, I just made TV? a super. I just made a super good point, and no. you pretended that I didn't make a super TV good point. TV is different because it's broken up and edited and full of commercials and shit. Um, well, you know, Netflix would be a slightly better th- yeah. argument, except for I'm paying for Netflix, okay. right? Like, so, I. I mean, I'm also the kind of person that, that tends to not buy the AAA games when they're sixty bucks and waits until they're five or ten dollars. Right, so you're part a of the problem, later. is what you're saying. You're uh, part of why. Sure. No video games ever make any money. Yeah, that is that is. You like, refuse to buy Word Realms, and that's why we yep. are both penniless in the gutter. Yep, that's me. Give me ten dollars, you prick. <laughs> but it costs eleven. Hey, so this assignment, the Stanley, Stanley Parable. Parable. Yeah, uh, pretty this good. This is so good. Parable. All right, I am going to uh, I'm going to edit in right here. The time code at which you are safe from spoilers is. One colon zero nine colon zero eight. Uh, the the time uh, code at which uh, you skip forward to to get past the spoilers nice. because we want to talk about some fucking spoilers. How are you going to do that? Because by putting in, I know by putting in a thing. I know, I know. <laughs> I'll figure it out. It's going to be like that fucking XKCD shirt where all of the graphs are like the amount of white on this shirt or whatever. Like, oh, yeah. No, I just... See, I, and the problem is that somebody who is skipping specifically to that is missing all of this yeah, awesome missing this non-spoiler band- yeah. banter that we're having. So anyway, the whiteboard ending was pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what, uh, what, what did you guys do on your first playthrough of The Stanley Parable? My uh, my original playthroughs I did um, uh, well because I wanted to go through it in an organized fashion, so that I didn't accidentally miss any any uh, endings. I did. Okay. I started out doing everything the narrator said to, and 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 got the the winning ending, and then I I just moved backwards one wow. choice point at a time. I did the exact opposite. Hmm. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I did everything. I did, my first playthrough. I did everything the narrator said, except that I had a brief diversion in the beginning to get the achievement that's just listed in the achievements for clicking on the door four hundred five. Oh, five that's times, a great one. Yeah, which was pretty funny. And then I also just stood in the broom closet until I ran out of dialogue. <laughs> yeah, did the you, narrator dialogue. In the broom did closet. you get the um, there? There's a little bit more with the the broom closet. D- did you find that? No. If you what do you mean? After you've gone through that and left the broom closet again, if you go into it again on another playthrough, he's like, oh, God, really? Again? <laughs> and then the, if you the next time on another playthrough, you pass through you pass the, the broom closet in the hallway. It's been nailed up and boarded shut. Nice. Huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the first the first thing I did was get the 
the like where the narrative was starting to get screwed up and like all the objects were all fucked up and then mm. uh you get the choice video and um oh yeah that was the one i had to that was the one i i after my first playthrough when it came out that that was the one that i discovered that i had missed because i, I didn't i didn't realize you could unplug the phone my so. second one i got the confusion ending oh yeah that's and my favorite f- one yeah and then thought that you were stuck i had to quit no i had to quit the game like we had to go to dinner oh when i was in the room like i had just restarted after the room that said the confusion ending and so i thought that i had missed the entire second half of that playthrough so i did the whole fucking thing again this morning wow and then found out like oh no that's just the end (laughs) that's funny it what is what is fucked up is that the fact that it r- sometimes randomly messes up your starting conditions. Mm-hmm. Oh right, right. Like if you keep restarting enough, you'll eventually get to the one where there's papers everywhere, and you'll eventually get to the one where the office is blue instead yep, of yeah. yellow. And if one of those things happens after an ending, you, you don't that know necessarily <laughs> that it's just a different starting condition, right? Like you think that maybe it is, yep, maybe totally. it is a follow up. Those those smaller rooms, like the blue room, those are the key to getting the the speed run uh, achievement right. too. You have to you have to have one of those. Hmm. I want to know what happens if you type that code into the console that is listed on the whiteboard ending whiteboard. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't. I I, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't in the mood to go editing preferences to get console, so I didn't mm-hmm. try it. There's well, uh, I didn't. I also didn't. I also did not fuck with my computer's time code to get other yeah stuff. I, I wasn't going to bother with that. The did choice you? the choice ending thing. Like, I I went into the right door after that, and it started fucking everything up. And then yeah. getting into the weird mm-hmm. version of the boss's office. Yeah. Like, yeah, I really want. I have now decided that what I am going to get for my office at the Asymmetric Publications LLC home office is just a picture of me from the neck down that says most expensive boss. <laughs> I, want, I want the one with the picture of the guy pointing a gun at a pan. Gun at the head. pan. Yeah, yeah. business strategy. <laughs> are, those not, are those posters not available in some sort of store? Oh, I because wish I feel like those would, those would be some decent sellers. In the sewer by Monet. Ah, yeah, wa- there were the water lilies and stuff. Yeah, mm. that's great. Did you did you guys look up like secrets and Easter eggs? I did not. Uh, I, after I was done playing, I looked up. I wanted to see if there was something that happened if you actually played that baby game for four hours. And it turns yeah. out there totally is. Yeah, it turns out there totally is. So that that I watched a video for instead of playing, and I'm super glad that I did because I think I would have gotten to the two hour mark and been super super pissed that the the second two hours of that are like a much much harder much more involved (laughs) game or i mean i think what i would have done is automated play of the walked away and come out walked away and come back and it would have ended for some reason that i didn't understand at the two hour mark and then i would have said oh well and i wonder if my script didn't work yeah i wonder if that's what the point of that was supposed to be yeah yeah there's All some... right. Well, are we done? Are we done talking about spoilers for a minute? Can we? Can we? Can we let uh, the people back in and actually talk about the game uh, critically? D- or depends wanna... on if you want me to, to to tell you about the the secrets I found out about or not. Do it. So okay. Yeah, well, the the three that I found that lead to really interesting things are you can in uh, the the first office 
room with the desks, you can climb up on the desks in such a way to get out the window. Oh, right. And yeah. there's, there's, there's stuff that happens there. There's also one, uh, there's like one computer that will ask you for input and right, you can, the heaven, the heaven. Yeah, to to get to heaven. So that that was a wonderful room. I loved that one. And then there is, um, oh, there's actually a fourth one that I I forgot about. There's an, there's an ending that I don't I don't know how anyone would see it just randomly. But if you leave, if you leave the boss's office while the like if you scoot out the doors as they're shutting on you the the double doors and walk back to Stanley's office there's another door open that leads to a uh, an escape pod <laughs> which is yep. weird and um the the best thing of all is if you go through like the the uh what the narrator wants you to do and you get to the uh, the video surveillance room but instead of taking the elevator up to to get to the mind control room you wait a little while the gate behind you opens back up and if you go back to the first button that has like the picture the of a switch. light bulb on it and hit it it turns the room into a disco and it's the most amazing thing i dance those are well, pretty good it those was are pretty great cool. spoilers all right so end spoilers now Hey, everybody, welcome back. I, I uh, Sorry that we had to geek out on stuff that would have ruined the experience for you, but uh, now, let's, now let's just talk about the game. In can a we, lot of ways, Can we talk about it without it still not being spoilers? We can, certainly. In a lot of ways, I feel like there are elements of this game that are a little bit irresponsible with the player's time because sometimes you will get a reaction out of not doing something for a while, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of cases where you don't. There are a lot of cases where like disobeying the narrator by just not doing something are is not a thing that actually triggers more story. I, and I think that they are not setting out to be responsible with the player's time. I think that they have yeah. they abandoned that early and often. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And they don't care. But I mean, I guess fine. it's more like just making me do things that then I feel stupid for having tried. Because but every now and then you're rewarded. Sometimes, yeah, every now, but it's I like, tried every door and was like, man, I don't know if any of these are going to open, but I'm glad that I tried every Every once in a while they do, yeah. yeah. And that's, so, that's how you get the the whiteboard ending and stuff, or or like the riff. You, oh, see this. That's is why I said <laughs> we can't talk what, about because this you're stupid and you it. can't talk about the game without spoilers. Well, I can't give examples about anything I'm talking about without it being did a spoiler. Guys, so I can talk read, about it in the most vague way possible. <laughs> did you guys read the stuff that was on the papers that were strewn about? Uh, I you tried, know, but I couldn't. Said I couldn't get to any. Do that. Yeah, I looked and I couldn't. I found very few of them to be legible. Yeah, the, the some of the best ones are very, very early in the game, next to the copier, and it's the copier trying to get someone to kill it. <laughs> it's like it's it's like it's the copier asking for people to just end its life, um, which is like this awesome existential crisis of a copier. I, thought I used to be super fantastic. intimidated by copying machines, like. I used to believe that a complicated copier 
was a thing that was just kind of beyond my capacity to understand the operation of a machine. And like, I don't know what it was that made me feel like that. Maybe it was that every, like pressing the wrong button would waste a bunch of money, which was not a thing that had ever been true of the machines that I had been allowed to interact with. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, like, I guess like the copiers that I was exposed to as a kid were like at, you know, the sheriff's office where my, my dad was the sheriff or at the bank where my mom was the bank. (laughs) Uh, And like, as a little kid, don't fuck with the copier is what you do as a little kid. Like that's leave that alone. But then later on, it's like, I would go to Kinko's and I would just have this like terror when it was like time for me to photocopy something because it was like the interfaces on copiers have a lot of the same problems that the interfaces on like gas pumps have where it's like, all right, there's this incredibly expensive machine and they have skimped on the IO in such a way that makes it so you have no fucking idea what anything means. Everything is completely unresponsive and it's like you can hit a button and accidentally just blow up an entire city block (laughs) if you fuck up at the gas pump. Or you accidentally like, oh, well now there are 500 pictures of my dick where I only wanted five (laughs) pictures of my dick. What am I going to do with an extra 495 pictures of my dick? Oh, I think in just all the people, there's five people that you were going to send pictures of your dick to. You just send them 100 pictures instead. Hmm, Okay. Then I got a job uh, making copies. Of your dick? Huh. Yeah, uh, well, no, but y- y- yes, <laughs> right. I mean, I, I got a job making copies. Mostly what I did was make copies of my dick, but, I, I, you know, so A, it was a big enough organization, and it was, a, you know, it was an academic organization, so nobody really cared about wasting money because I think everyone that works in academia understands on some level that everything that they do is a huge waste of tax <laughs> money. So they're just like, yeah, whatever. Well, plus that and the the fact that in the at the end of the fiscal year they have to burn through all the money that's left over or they won't get yeah, as exactly. much Yeah, exactly. Like, year. why didn't you make hundreds of more copies of your dick, Zach? That's what they said. And I said, oh, I did. I just didn't tell you about them. And they were like, oh, all right, good man, good man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started doing all kinds of shit. Like, all right, this is this five-page document. You need 500 copies of this uh, printed on both sides and stapled. And I was like, fuck yeah, I know the esoteric sequence of buttons and shit to push to make the copier do that. I'm going to set that going and then just fucking leave. Go find a different copier to have copies (laughs) of my dick with. Also, there's one extra blank page. (laughs) Professor, you sure you wouldn't like my dick for extra credit? And they would invariably say yes. So, man, I reached so many computer science students that year. I wonder if you made 500 copies of something and just put a copy with your genitalia in one of them, whether that would be uh, something that would get you in trouble or not. You'd be like, I don't, I don't know how this happened. That's clearly I didn't do this because yeah, the other what? copies. I mean, except they would, they would make me, they would make me drop my pants and identify me by my dick tattoo. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Jamaica. Mom. Yeah. Have a nice day. <laughs> Um, I have heard the Stanley Parable characterized as as a sort of like indictment of video games. Well, do you feel like it is fundamentally different than Save the Date? 
Uh, I don't. Okay. Yeah, I very much do not. And and uh, and I don't think that anybody would ever describe Save the Date as a conscious indictment yeah. of video games. I don't know if I call it date. an, in, in, an indictment. It's like a deconstruction. I don't think it's necessarily going at it saying that this is a bad thing. I think Save the Date has a less strong authorial voice, right? Because it's second person, whereas this is so weird... You know, without without spoiling things, I early on got an ending which made me very unsympathetic with the narrator, mm-hmm. and so there. So later on, when I got an ending which relied on me having sympathy for the narrator, I was like, "Ah, eh, fuck this guy." Can you can you say? Can you just? I mean, I don't think the names of the that the Stanley Parable has a variety of different endings it's is not, not a, spoiler, a spoiler, and probably the names of the endings are also not necessarily a spoiler um the bomb ending okay made you very unsympathetic yeah that is that like the narrator becomes a very very unsympathetic character and so then when you get to the peace ending which relies on you having a lot of sympathy for the the narrator is that the the suicide ending i yeah i don't i don't know what the canonical names of these are well, I don't know if there is one, right? Yeah. But yeah, the, except for the whiteboard ending, you spoilering <laughs> bastard. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. Uh, the yeah, I mean, the, the, the canonical ending is the main character suicide ending because the canonical ending to every story is main character suicide. <laughs> I, it's I do, axiomatic. I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about something which might be a spoiler, and I don't know if it is, but it's. I found it like sort of a fundamental theme. Like I, there is. There's an ending, I think it's the apartment ending, um, that posits that you are just imagining things, right? Well, every time, and this is a thing that I didn't, I wouldn't have noticed if they hadn't mentioned it on Idle Thumbs, but every time you interact with anything, you get the sound of a guy hitting a key on no, a keyboard. No, every time, no, if you're clicking, if you're clicking in the, in the air. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I think that that any, is Anything, canonical. any click that isn't on a door. Is a is a keyboard tap or a noise. button? Yeah, the buttons also. No, the button still does it. But the, well, okay. But everything everything has sa- like a sound. But right. Uh, but I, I, to me, that that is this indication that that is the canonical ending. That you're still at the fucking computer the whole time, hmm. and these are all just things that are going on in your head, right? Because you're sitting there, click every time you're clicking is you actually like typing at your console. I mean, that becomes more of a plausible explanation for the experience of playing the game as a whole, where you live life after life after life, turning out in these weird different ways. Right. Because none of them are real. I mean... Although it's worth pointing out that there's only one ending where it rolls the credits. No, there's two. Is there a second one? What's the, what's well, the, there's the ending where you get to the sort of museum that has, uh, the, okay. the, that has the credits in it. Okay. That, that also that's, has the I was talking about the other narrator, one. which is weird. Yeah. And that, I don't exactly understand why that happened. Yeah. And then also, but then you, there's the room, there's the room filled with unused narrative and there's right. the room with like, oh, these are emails that we thought were funny, but oh, we didn't use funny. in anything. Yeah. I was put off by the first couple that I read, so I didn't sit and watch. Oh, the you rest of them, there's but, some really, um, there's some really funny ones. Here is here is what I kind of fundamentally think about a game like this. Like, 
in some ways, this is less interesting to me than a game game, right? Like, this is sort of like a gag in game form. Yeah. And I, while I would characterize is, this as, like, an interactive media rather than a game. I, but. I very much felt like it was just a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah. yeah. Which, I, it, I mean, do, so, okay, more or less so than Gone Home. More, more, more than I Gone would, Home. Yeah. I would gone say Home is, is Gone Home is more. I mean, I guess you have more, more control in Gone Home over the order in which you, or the order in which you find things. But the the thing that while this is a cool game, and I, I you know, and it's and it's good, and I, I like, I think I'm glad, and I'm glad that yeah. I bought it, and I'm glad yeah. that it's doing it's well, awesome. and it's and it's awesome. I don't think there is anywhere to go from here, right? Whereas. The other games that I've gotten excited about recently, like Spelunky, I could imagine a game that was like Spelunky, only thematically and mechanically different in novel and interesting ways that made it a new game. Whereas if you made another game that was like the Stanley Parable, it would just be the Stanley Parable. Hmm. Like it is it it feels like from a from an artistic standpoint, it feels like kind of a dead end because it has, rather than taking a branch in one direction, it has taken a branch and folded it back in on itself. I was, so I was, what I was going to say about the peace ending was I, I had like very little sympathy for the narrator, right? But at the same time, the idea of uh, maybe we would both be happier if we just stopped, which is something that like, was brought up in Save the Date to some extent. Like, you know, you know, the yeah, only way true. the only yeah. way to save me is to stop playing. Um, like there, there is something interesting and novel in that idea, and there, there were moments in, in various parts of the Stanley Parable where I genuinely felt emotions that, like, were obviously you know sort of being attempted to to be withdrawn from me, but it was particularly effective, right? Because I felt like I, I kept an open mind and I kept I kept letting them get to me. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that they are exploring different ways of of eliciting response, right? By by having this narrator character. I'm I'm really curious what other people's experiences who did who had got to the different endings in different orders felt. Right? Did they feel like more the bomb of a thing betrayal? was the last one that I saw because yeah. I didn't I didn't actually know how to get to it until I asked you how did you get to that right and then I asked you uh, what else there were there were two endings that I the got to part, the, the, not, the, 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 the choice the, the choice yeah one. the choice presentation thing yeah and I went and I did those on purpose so that I could see them like right before we recorded tonight so that I so that I could have seen those. I, I think that I didn't actually develop a sense of the narrator as a character because the narrator was presented from so many different directions at the same time and was just clearly, like, I started thinking of it as a bunch of different characters played by the same voice actor as opposed to mm-hmm. a character. Yeah, I could see that. You know? Because he He reacts to the destruction of the story in very different ways in different endings. Right. I mean, because he references the multiple, the multiplicity of 
of interactions in the yeah, bomb ending. I didn't see that until the very end. And so I didn't like I was not left with any sense that that character was aware of what was going right. on. And so because I interacted with that very early. Yeah. Knowing that first would cast a different light on that. That's interesting. Yeah. And so Although, I'm, that's, I guess that, that's I'm curious. Like other people probably had different experiences based on the order that they. Yeah. I mean, I did it the same order as you, but I still I still felt really bad for him in the in the suicide ending. Riff, I have a question for you because you probably tried this. Does the binary choice at the end of device six do anything different? Uh, I have not actually gone back and tried it. Yeah, me neither. I wasn't sure how far it was going to take me back to get the chance to do that again, so I didn't bother. But that's yeah, and because that's sort of how you get the ending that you're talking about, Kevin, is by deviating at the last right. possible moment, which is a weird impulse, right. I think. I don't remember which choice I made at the end of Device 6. I don't either. They're, they're deliberately ambiguous, right? Because it's like it's like a bunch of double negatives in a sentence, and then it's agree or disagree. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I just... I, I, I Like, my feeling about... I, I I think that I like you could make a thousand games that were like Gone Home or like Dear Esther with different subject matters. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you could make another game that was like the Stanley Parable with different subject matter because it wouldn't be the same thing. Are you? Was, uh, is it the self-referential nature of it that bothers you? Because it's like, the fact that it's a video game about video games that is. So self-referential, right? Because yeah, could, yeah, yeah. You but, could have a you could have a branching narrative. I mean, Mass Effect is a branching narrative video game, right? That you don't think is an exhausted possibility. But I mean, well, no, 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 no. I'm not like the 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 issue that I have with thinking of the Stanley Parable as an indictment of the illusion of choice in video games is. I don't really agree with that criticism because in a narrative video game, it never occurred to me at any point ever in my life that you had real choice. That you had any real choice. It was always obviously a choose your own adventure. Right? And that's why that's why it was so hard for me to get all bent out of shape about people getting upset about the Mass Effect three ending, because what the fuck did you want them to do if not collapse it into some state that could actually be done with a finite budget and 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 finite time for development right it's interesting to me that nobody really i mean i guess the way that you level this complaint against the walking dead is to say the walking dead is not a game right it's just an interactive story and it is and i mean i remember talking to them in the beginning and saying like so what do you how does this work like right like I know that you guys aren't making every episode twice the size of the previous episode based on all the choices. So is it like, does it branch out? And then at the midpoint, it starts branching in. And then they were like, nah, it's a couple. There's a couple in and outs of the way the actual structure of that works. I mean, I remember him talking, though, about like they get metrics of like who makes what choices. And. But what that decided was. To actually. To spend. 
a, you know, a, a good amount of time writing stuff that very few people sure. will ever see because practically nobody ever makes particular choices. But but what that did was it threw into relief for me the fact that there were only like six. There were only six ways for this to turn out. There were six states in the end that you could be in and that's fine. It doesn't bother me at all, right? Because what that means, I mean, the, the best authored story is a single story. You start creating branches, you start creating compromises. Those compromises are worthwhile to create an experience that is more personalized and engaging to, uh, to, to, you know, to make it a conversation, right? But I mean, I grew up on choose your own adventure books. And so there is just nothing wrong with that format to me. And so a video game that has the general structure of a choose your own adventure, right? Mm -hmm. Where there are, there are some endings. Like there are a lot of like, there are a lot of systemic endings where you just get killed by a guy because you got shot in the face. Right. Right. There are a lot of like, there are a lot of systemic adjustments to your experience. Even in thinking about like, imagine a, imagine a Bioshock infinite with a little bit more branching in the storyline or say any branching in the storyline, which is basically mass effect. Mm -hmm. Right. Criticizing the the story elements of it for being linear to me is kind of like criticizing a story for being a story because in a lot of ways I don't think that games I don't think of games as this like aspirational thing for amazing involving this is you type storytelling because it seems so clear to me that that is just always going to run up against the constraints of reality where everything that happens has to be written by somebody because this is a fucking thing this is a product that exists in the world and not in like a not in like a gross dismissive capitalist sense but like this is a fucking thing like mm -hmm. the reason that you are able to play this game is because somebody made this and expecting them to have thought of everything so that the exact thing that you want out of this is going to be the exact thing that you get out of this is just crazy. So saying that everything that ever happens in a video game is futile because all of these paths are just laid out in front of you by the developer, it just seems like a kind of a, like that falls flat to me as a complaint because fucking of course it is, you know? I don't know. Sorry, I was a little monologue -y, but <laughs> well, I mean, what you say is true. Do you, you you think that this is a criticism that Stanley Parable is making, or or do you think that they're just observing this to be the case the same way you are? Well, I've heard it. I've I've heard it described as a scathing indictment of video games or a, a, a meditation on the just fundamental stupidity of video games. See, that sounds, that sounds a lot more, a lot harsher than I, than I would have put it. Yeah. I mean, it does, you know, you, you get trapped in that boarded up room and it's like, you win. <laughs> right. <laughs> Getting the achievement by turning achievements on, like getting the achievement by just like jumping through the hoops to make the narrator. Have yeah, uh, okay, I'll, like, I'll 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 definitely accept uh, an indictment of achievements, <laughs> but 
But at the same time, I mean, it's got that like, it's got that, you know, South Park musical or to, to not to our horn, but to, to, to say maybe what other people have said, like the KOL thing where this is a parody of a thing that is in itself also kind of a good thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't begrudge them the process of sending me through all those hoops to get that achievement. Right. Right. And I don't, I don't begrudge them. Like I'm not going to get that play the game for the entirety of a Tuesday achievement because (laughs) I don't care to either set it up to get it legitimately or to pretend that I got it. But I think it is fucking great that it exists. The fact that there's an achievement that's just impossible to get, I think is hilarious. That actually bothers me a little bit. Really? Yeah. Because I feel like that's the kind of thing that, I mean, people have gotten it, so it's... Have they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so then there must be some way to do it. So it's not actually what it is, but it's like in, you know, the trophies in KOL that somebody can never get, I am sympathetic to the people who are sad that, oh, this thing that happened because you were drunk one night eight years ago means mm, okay. that there is this meter that I can never fill up. And knowing that you can never fill it up, I think maybe makes it a little less important to a certain way of thinking, and it because of that diminishes that person's enjoyment of the thing and just because i don't think that their approach is valid doesn't mean that i get to like say you know what the way that you're having fun here is lame so i don't have any responsibility to support it maybe i don't have a responsibility to support it but i i can still at least consider it and feel at least consider feeling a pang of guilt if I create a situation that exacerbates some negative feelings for somebody. And I think that maybe that achievement that you can't get does that for some people. It's it's okay to be snarky. It's not okay to be a troll, you know? Fair enough. And that feels a little trolly to me. But who knows? If people have gotten it, then it's gettable. Yeah, and considering considering how many Steve, Steam achievement, how many Steve achievements exist, I doubt that there are many people who are trying to collect all the Pokemon in that particular genre. Well, but I mean, maybe people would not buy the game because they heard that the achievement was something that they that they uh, couldn't get. I'm I'm still curious about this notion that because they they sort of talk about video games as video games that nothing further can be done in this oeuvre or whatever like save the date also talks about video games as being a video game and it was different and had different things to say right i i think that there's 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 always going to be more things to say yeah i mean i guess my argument is more that there is not going to be a link to the past to the Stanley Parables Zelda 1. Okay. Right, that as a as a category of game I am more inclined to think of it as a kind of an evolutionary diverticulum rather than a way in which games can be good in a new way in the future which is which is kind of how i feel about dear esther and gone home right like that is 
potentially creating a new genre of game in which I can imagine thousands of good, compelling games being made in, whereas this is like just this kind of weird meta thing that it's gonna wear off. Like once the not once the novelty of it wears off, there is nothing left. How? But how does it differ? How does it radically differ from a Mass Effect? Is it the fact that it's only a game that's like five minutes long? I mean, Mass Effect also has the systemic RPG and combat okay, stuff. But if we if which, we strip that out, if we just talk about the if we just talk about the narrative choice, like Mass Effect is a twenty hour long thing, so you're not going to necessarily pick it up and try to hit every branch. Does it the fact that the game like restarts itself? The fact that it references that it is, it's its own game. It like, is I'm curious fact, what it, it, what are the I think it is the that, fact in my mind it is the fact that it is about itself rather than being about a cool space battle. Okay, but right? so the 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 first playthrough that a lot of people probably have is the the successful the the ending where you where you win right like where you're happy and you you walk out right. And that doesn't give you any hints until the very final monologue about what are what are the other possibilities, right? Once it's only when you start contradicting the narrator that you start to to notice the possible sure. tension points, right? And if you so you can play, you could play that game as a five-minute game and be like, "Well, that was cool," and put it away, and that would be your only sense of the game, right? <laughs> Yeah. Do you think anybody does that? I mean, I could imagine like somebody's mom doing that and then saying like, uh, okay, video games are still pretty stupid. I guess this isn't <laughs> a thing that I need to be interested in. I, I remember seeing there was a Metafilter, uh, nah, a Metafilter article uh, a month ago or six weeks ago that was about, and I feel like this is a thing that I probably should have learned about in college, but uh it was a it was a measure of a, a sort of a personality principle called I think reactance, or react eh, something. Okay. It was basically like people differ pretty fundamentally along an axis on how being told what to do makes them feel, and some people are like, oh okay, and then they do it, and some people are like, fuck you, and that was always weird. That was weird to me to see that this is a thing where people are on a normal distribution where I am a crazy outlier on one end. Like, it's always super weird to me to find some axis of personality measurement on which I am not just somewhere in the middle. What, what, and which side are you on? Oh, I fucking hate being told what to do. Huh. Like, and, you know, which is, which is why I do what I do instead of having a job, right? I mean, that's why, like, and I think about, like, Emily, right, and getting, getting j just the and and I feel guilty about the distress that I made her endure this one night where I sort of got into an argument with the security guard at this hotel that we were at, and he said, "If you don't, if you don't get out of that chair, I'm calling the cops." And I said, "You know what? Call the cops. I'm not doing anything that is against your policies, and I'm not doing anything that is against the law." go ahead and call the cops because what is going to happen is the cops are going to show up and they're going to yell at you for wasting their time. And that is exactly what happened. But, like, Emily was freaking out. She was like, no, man, you don't get the cops called on you. What the fuck? Like, what's the matter with you? I'm like, no, it's okay to get the cops called on you if you're right. 
It's totally not. <laughs> Civil disobedience. It's totally not. That was lame. That was lame. I wasted the cop's time. That guy did. That guy was, yes, wasting the cop's time, but so was I. I am just as guilty of wasting the tax money of the good citizens of Columbus, Ohio, as that guy was. But it was just seeing that difference in like, all right, I was sort of raised to submit to just authority if you had to, but not to submit to unjust authority. And I was unwilling to submit to unjust authority. Emily was on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And I think that is what this game is about also in some ways, right? Like, sure. What would it be like for Emily to play this game? I'm sort of curious. Like, would it cause her... It caused me distress to do what the guy said. Huh. I did that as a, this is my test run to just see what the joke is. If you play this as just a spineless, obeisant sheep. Right, And it was like, this is not real. This thing that is happening, this is not what the game is. And it's pretty clear that that's not what the game is. Right, The, right. the game is a bunch of choices about when to disobey. The game is not a bunch of choices about whether to disobey. And I'm, just, I'm sort of curious as to how somebody of a different temperament on that specific scale would, would react to it. And whether they would just play it once and be like, eh, okay, whatever. So, okay. Let me let me reframe this. Thinking about Ocarina of Time. That is a game that there is a coherent narrative where you're supposed to play from beginning to end. There's some side quests, whatever, but but there is a clear way from point A to point Z, right? And there are all these crazy glitches that people have found to go from point A to point Q to point D, you know, doing all sorts of weird shit, right? And it is not, there's no authorial intent. It's not like they specifically left these glitches in hoping that players would find them and and do some sort of crazy shit with it. But the net effect is sort of the same, right? Like it is a game that can now be played where you do all sorts of weird shit and get all these weird unexpected results. Yeah. Is that, is that the same thing? Is that totally different? Is that exciting? Is that huh. boring? There is definitely a part of me that wants to say that that's totally different, but it's real, like that's this is an excellent point that you bring up. It's not different. Or I don't think the actually the the new one coming out the um, the sequel to Link to the Past uh, is actually being developed with that freedom of choice baked in where you you don't have to with do like the weird dun- sequence break i mean so yeah, like you, it'll you do, don't have to do the dungeons in any particular order apparently it'll do has all the has all the sequence breaking cooked into it that's definitely more intentional like there is a spectrum of authorial intentionality on right. which the stanley parable is at one end ocarina of time or any it, video game that doesn't fuck with this at all is on the other end unplugging the phone it'll do is in the middle fuck sorry uh, like there is there is a place in in Stanley Parable where you do something and the narrator says, "Oh, that wasn't even supposed to be possible." And like that clearly It felt different. Clearly it like not, it manipulated you yeah. into believing that you had actually gone one step too far. Yeah. And and that was it's and it's no it is not it yep. is not even a tiny bit different than not choosing even a one door bit. over another. But <laughs> but like the emotional manipulativeness yeah. of the character of the narrator just makes it into what what feels to you like a categorically different choice. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, that and the fact that it's it's a more difficult choice to notice that it's available. Sure. Yeah. So it, it seems. I mean, it seems more like a secret that you found. Than I knew going right. I mean, I knew because goes. Kevin told me that there was a way to not answer the phone. Right. I didn't know that that was it. I assumed that it was just waiting, and I just tried that to see if it would work. Did you guys find the secret disco booth in the demo? No. No. Okay. I, I was curious. Dang, was now I gotta go play the, the demo again. <laughs> it was, there's a disco in the emotion room, yeah. Huh. Yeah. And so, like, I spent a lot of this game trying to find the secrets because the demo had led me to believe that there would be a bunch of secrets. And... And there yeah, were. I'm debating whether I want to actually look at spoilers or not. Like, I kept thinking, like, as I was playing the game, I kept thinking, I can't wait until I feel like I have exhausted this so that I can just look at a map of all of the things that can be done. Because yeah. I'm sure there is one, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure there is just a big GIF on the internet. There is. That is. It's not that big, even. Yeah, yeah. no. And I, and I imagined, I imagined it would not be nearly as... Be, because you think of it as this huge graph... But really, it's not, right? Like, there are five nodes between you and the obeisant ending, probably. That's a, yeah, it might be like more like eight, but yeah. Yeah. But, like, there are a bunch of things where multiple things can happen in this node, but they are all a foregone conclusion. There's no way, there's no way out of it except forward. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much more of it I need to play. I don't know how much more of it I need to experience the way that they intended. There are before a bunch I of like, like nods can... to other video games and and developers and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I I saw a little kid's drawing at one point in there, and I was like, why is there? Why is this here in only one place? And apparently, it's an it'll do reference. Huh. Which I was like, huh, okay. There's a bunch of other indie game sort of cameos yeah, I guess. that's interesting to specifically invoke that like yeah. a game a game that it's all about very breaking. deliberately embraces sequence breaking as a as a kind of a a fundamental if not at the forefront of its presentation game mechanic yeah the more i think about it'll do the more impressed i am with how tight that design is that mm-hmm. that it can be broken in any it, it just order. came out on ipad Oh yeah, oh, nice. Yep. I feel like it's a failing in me that I didn't fully care care about it'll do. Yeah, I think there was something about the way in which it presented. It is kind of a Sokoban game. Yeah, and if you're not into Sokoban, then I'm not. I mean, Jesus. you're not excited about any of the puzzle script stuff that's happening. So, and that's like I feel like that's all you've been excited about in the last couple so, weeks. It's crazy. There's, I mean, it's it I, is an exciting time. It it's is, so rare. It is, it's so rare that you will get into something as comprehensively as you have gotten into puzzle script games. Like every time I go out into your office, you are playing a puzzle script game or making a puzzle script game, and I feel like it's like I've definitely had weeks where every time you walk in, I'm doing some particular thing, right. and you're like, you're obsessed with this. And it's so it's so weird to see that with you and with something that I think is so dumb. <laughs> it is it is so trivial to pick up puzzle script and make something like you could without ever ever having done anything with it before. You in an hour you could have a functional game that was new is neat. Like yeah, super super trivial. I mean, it's like the next Twine, right? Like the freeindiegame.es went from being mostly Twine games to being mostly puzzle script games in a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'm excited. I'm excited to see how that develops over the next. I mean, I can't wait year. until there is just the. All right. Well, here's just a framework for making a Call of Duty game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, eventually there will be enough art assets out there in the world that you can just pick five and. Well, I mean, eventually you won't need art assets out in the world anymore, right? Like, eventually, eventually you will just it. take three pictures of a fire hydrant oh, yeah. with your iPhone, and then it will be in, in an asset game. that you can drop into COD script. COD wallop. Yep. That's what we should call it. Uh, next assignment, fellas. Riff. Unless you guys have anything else uh, no. fundamental to say yep. about the Stanley Parable, I feel like, I feel like we've I'm, just been I want to cogitate more on this notion that it's sort of a, a dead end on the evolutionary tree of video game genres. Um, and I wonder if it's just the self-reference that's that's the problem. Because yeah, no, I think... As, I, a, as a choose-your-own-adventure, I think it's fine. No, I think it is just that... But it's the... It's, it's not even... It's not even that it is referencing itself so much as that it is... It is a... An instance of a genre that is about the genre. As opposed to... Like, fourth wall breaking gets wanky in a hurry, and mm. this didn't do it, but I don't think you can take it any further than this. I think this was right up at the edge of what you can do with this kind of self-referential thing that you just can't go... They've, they have basically mastered that form, hmm. and now we need another 10 or 20 years of different kinds of video games being made to do 10 or 20 years worth of different kinds of stupid shit that some other... Stanley Parable will I mean, lampoon I could, okay. 20 years from now. I could see a game that actually had a bunch of other characters in it, like one of these, uh, you know, a first-person shooter style game, but that had a bunch of NPCs in it, but that somehow all of that tied back into the notion that this was still actually a computer game. Could That could be handled in a very interesting way, because you will potentially have formed a bunch of relationships with these NPCs... Yeah, and some of them I mean, being... I guess you, you couldn't have made the Stanley Parable twenty years ago because it wouldn't have been you wouldn't have been able to actually simulate moving around in a space, right? You wouldn't have been able to convincingly say to somebody, "You're in an office," right? Right? You know, you could have done it as a as an Infocom game or whatever. But well, twenty years ago was nineteen ninety three. Yep, Infocom was dead and gone. Doom was Doom was a thing, right? Yep. <sighs> All right. Well, next assignment, Riff. Uh, next assignment is I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. The point-and-click adventure game by Harlan Ellison and some guy who went to Harlan Ellison's house and made a video game. <laughs> Harlan Ellison School. I feel like I read a, I read an essay about the guy who went to Harlan Ellison to make this game, to design this game, and how the guy was like, yeah, he's not nearly as much of an asshole as stories about what an asshole he is would lead you to believe. <laughs> Uh, but I don't, I don't really know. Maybe it was like, maybe on the Digital Antiquarian. I don't know that the Digital Antiquarian has gotten to that point in video games yet. But this is like a weird thing that I feel like I'm suddenly hearing a bunch of stuff about. I played it. I played well, it. it just I, came you know, out on like, Steam recently. Oh, did it? Yeah. I found it on on Home of the Underdogs in like the like mid like late '90s, I guess, and played through it when in the very sort of beginning of like emulation and uh and you know i think it was even pre-dosbox 
like I, I don't remember if it was a thing where like Star Control 2 or actually had, like I still have in a garage somewhere this 48666 that I had just set up running DOS so that I could play whatever games. I had like a hundred meg hard drive. Or you just have an old computer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it was pre-DOSBox, right? Like I might have, I have no idea where that computer is. This is, this, it's one of the Maybe rare games that came out for Mac. So I played it uh, years and years ago. I never, it's, it's kind of, it's a, a more intricate and difficult game than it seems at first blush. So I never actually completed it. Uh, but it is, it is one of the games that, I don't know, one, one of the games that I count as being more or less from my childhood. Yeah, when I said I beat it, when I played it originally, I think what I meant was I got to an ending. I think I didn't yeah, realize, yeah. I didn't realize how much sort of, I hesitate to call it systemic depth, but th- there is a bunch of, there's a bunch of stuff you can do that mm-hmm. results in different ways that yeah the it's it's not out. at all kind the way a LucasArts game is where you can't die or lose there's there's a lot of stuff that that if you don't do it just right you have fucked yourself out of the best ending it's um we should probably encourage our listeners to also read the short story mm-hmm. short story's not bad yeah yeah it's that was what made me i think i found that in a in like a Hugo Award compilation from 1968 or 1969 that I that I bought at a used bookstore, um, that I think might have also it might have been the same book that that had the unpleasant profession of Jonathan Hogue in it, which is kind of a fucking amazing sci-fi short story. It is <laughs> I've about, never heard of it. It is about a guy who, and this isn't really spoiling anything because it, I mean, this is sort of like. It's like a 10-page story. But it is about a guy who it turns out is an alien who is deployed into this reality as an art critic because Mm -hmm. our universe is just an art project. Like some race at a slightly higher level had made a bunch of different universes with a bunch of different civilizations living in them as sort of these living art pieces huh. and and Jonathan Hogue is a guy who is a critic whose job is to decide whether these merit continued existence or not and so his job is to like judge all right well is this is this civilization any good do do these you know do we get to continue to exist in the universe or not um it's but, so that's such a difficult concept to to think about like a something that would be so much further advanced that we would be a simple system. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the premise of the 2001 series in the end, right? Like, although if, if you haven't read 2010 and 2061 and 3001, you don't know this, but it's, you know, like the monoliths are, are sort of, there are essentially infinitely many of them in infinitely many versions of the universe and they're there to like sort of find the interesting things that arise from billions of years worth of different starting conditions experimentally Hmm. like it's just somebody you know some some race trying to create the perfect universe the perfect society i don't know the perfect reality but i have no mouth and i'm a scream 
was my introduction to Harlan Ellison, which then, like, that guy wrote a lot of fucking stuff, and a lot of it's really weird. And it was, like, such an amazing thing to discover when I was, like, 18 and first getting into drugs. Like, (laughs) it was just such a, like, yeah, I don't know. Harlan Ellison is great. Yeah. He he did a really awesome uh, episode of... The Outer Limits, I think, was the series called Demon with a Glass Hand. That's a very video gamey sort of story. It's this this guy who has a mechanical hand and the fingers are missing. And his hand is like a computer that's that's supposed to guide him to where the human race has been hidden away. And uh, but he needs all the fingers, which are the processors of this computer. And so he's being chased through this apartment complex as he tries to to gather all these collectible pickups that make his hand work to get the end of the story. It was really neat. Also, he's kind of an asshole. So that's good. (laughs) But not as much as you might think. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about playing through it once and then reading a bunch about it because that's what I feel like I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, because there's apparently more to it than I, uh, than I thought at first blush. All right. Exciting times, guys. Uh, this has been, uh, though I felt that we had very little to talk about, we spent so much time talking about the Stanley Parable that this episode mm-hmm. is long yeah. as fuck and we should probably bring it to a close. Okay. What, does it bother you when I... No, it's just, it's funny that you always think that it's going to be short, and they never are. They're mm. never short. They're never short. <laughs> never, They're never, never, never new. Yeah. I guess I just, I never get sick of the sound of my own voice. It's one of my defining characteristics. If somebody else decided to never get sick of the sound of my voice, Kevin, if somebody wanted to, uh, if somebody wanted to hear me read a message that they wrote, but in my voice, and where would they send that message? Time, time separated by months and months, probably. Sure. Yeah, why not? Uh, well, they could tweet us at VG Hot Dog. They could email us, VGHotDog at gmail.com. And they could uh, come join in the lively discussions on our forums. Uh, those are accessible via our, uh, our website, VideoGamesHotDog.com. You know what else they could do? They could go to iTunes and they could say, Hey, what's up, iTunes? Have you heard about Video Games Hot Dog? It's pretty fucking great. And then iTunes would say, We have rejected your review due to explicit language. And then they would say, (laughs) Hey, what's up, iTunes? Have you heard about Video Games Hot Dog? It's really swell. In fact, I would go so far as to say that it is peachy fucking keen. And then iTunes would say, God damn it, were you not (laughs) listening the first time? All right, good night, everybody. Have a great week, everybody. See you. Or go to LegalZoom to get a a sexual harassment defense contract. (laughs) (laughs) Defense contract? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like you hire hire Raytheon (laughs) to make some crotch armor. (laughs) Colon, 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 col